Hagun Chaydish, everyone. This week's parsha is Parshas Taldos. The pasuk says in Parshas Taldos, "Shnei Goyim Bivitnech," that when Rivka Imeno was pregnant and she didn't understand what exactly was going on internally, there was a tug of war between something inside of her. She wasn't clear even that it was twins. She, it may have been one child. But yet this one child had such dual uh, pullings, tuggings. When you pass by a shul, a yeshiva, a base medrash, then she was being pulled in that direction. She felt a rumbling. And then when she was passing by a lahabdul, a base of a also rumbling. She went to yeshiva shem Bever to ask what in the world is going on. If this is what's happening, then why did I daven so hard for a pregnancy? There's something strange going on inside of me. And the re- response, the nevuah that was given to her was that, in fact, there is not one child inside of you, but there are two. There are twins. There are two nations that are rooted inside of you right now. The, the seeds of two nations, two great nations, are currently being developed within you. And two great monarchies are going to diverge from your, from your womb, from your stomach. Two great nations are going to come out. So if you look in Rashi, Rashi says, rather. Rashi says, Goyim is spelled Geyim, Gimel Yud Yud Mem. We pronounce it Goyim, nations, but it's spelled Geyim, with two Yuds. Geyim means two great aristocrats. Wealthy, powerful people are inside of you or the future thereof. Who are we referring to, says Rashi, based on a chazal? Elu Antuninus Verebi. These two geyim, these two noblemen, are none other than the famous Rebbe, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, who, Rabbi Yudah Nasi, he was the one that put together the Mishnah, one of the greatest leaders that Klai Yisrael had, who was the Nasi of Yisrael, he was the prince, he was the Jewish leader. And Antoninus, who was a Roman Caesar, he was a very powerful Roman leader, and surprisingly, he happened to have had a very, uh, very good relationship with Rabbeinu HaKadosh. They actually were very close friends, as hard as that is to believe. And there are Gemaras that speak about discussions in Tyra that they had together. Very interesting debates and conversations, and sometimes... Rabbi, Rabbeinu HaKadosh would even agree with what Antonina said. And these two great men, one descending from Yaakov Avinu and the other descending from Esav, were told to Rivka that they were inside of your womb. The seeds of them are inside. They're in your stomach. And about them continues Rashi, why are they so great? What makes them so, so noble, so important? 
loy tsenayin v'loy chazeres, loy b'meis hachama v'loy b'meis hagishamin. There was never, ever lacking anything from their tables. They both had their own palaces, their own homes of great royalty, great dignity, and they had a tremendous bounty of food around the year. So for us, it's not really such a, a big deal if I tell you, you know, that I could get you watermelon tonight uh, for supper, for, for Shabbos. I'll get you some watermelon. That's not a big deal. Every, every supermarket probably carries watermelon. Now, when I was growing up as a kid, that was a big deal. You didn't get watermelon in the winter. But today, with the jet age, they're able to jet things in all over the world very quickly and cheaply and... So you can get throughout the year anything that you want. You're not, you could get probably peaches and strawberries all throughout the year. But back then it was, it was a dream for people to have snine, radishes and chazeres, different types of vegetables in the winter or maybe in the summer. Things were off-season. And it wasn't so... so it, was, it was like an impossible thing for that to happen. But these two men, Rebbe and Antoninus, were so powerful... They were so wealthy, and they had so much gashmias that throughout the whole year, never stopped snayin chazeres, whenever they wanted it, whatever they wanted, they had. There was nothing lacking from their table. They had meats when they wanted, and they had, they had milchigs when they wanted, and every single thing in between, whatever they wanted at any time of the year, it was theirs for the asking. And that was, that's what was told to Rivka right now. Shnei game, these are not just some two little, you know, fetuses inside of you. These are future great people that have everything that they will ever want throughout the year. Now this is a Gemara in Abed Rashi gets us from Abed Yezara, Yedalef, Amadalef, where it says everything that I just said. And if you look in Tysus there, Dibra Maschal Tsunayim, Tysus says, asks a very, very strong question. It sounds from this Gemara that Rabbeinu HaKadosh was not deprived of anything that he wanted throughout the year. He had Tsunayim, he had Chazeres, he had everything that he wanted whenever he wanted, and it sounds, Kipshutai, that he ate it. He wasn't depriving himself of, every, of anything, he had everything. He was a game, he was... He was noble, nobility. So he had sushi when he wanted it, and he had pizza when he wanted it, and he had steak, and he had ribs, and he had whatever he wanted. That's what the Gemara seems to be implying here in Abedazara. But there's another Gemara in Ksuvas. The Gemara in Ksuvas is on Davkuf Daladam and Aleph, and it says there about Rabbeinu HaKadosh's death when he died. One of the last things that he did was he raised his ten fingers heavenward and he said that I swear I never got enough from this world. It's a beautiful world out there. It's a wonderful world. But I never got enough from this world. Not even with my little pinky. No enough. I got zero pleasure from this world. And the implication of that is that he probably just ate every day water and maybe a little stale bread and uh, you know, some flax seeds, something just to keep him going, but he had no enough in this world. 
That's Taisa's kasha. It's a stira and sugis. Because one Gemara sounds like Shnei Game, but he's, uh, he's very, very, very uh, you know, deep into the food. He had Snein, Chazeres, Meisachem, Meisachem. He was enjoying it. Had a good life. Bounty. But then the Gemara in Suva sounds like it's a different Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Rabbeinu HaKadosh says, I never got any Hanas. So how do you, how do you, divide, how do you uh, bring these two Gemaras together? How do, you, how do you understand these two Gemaras? That's Taisa's Gasha. So Taisus gives a teretz, and Taisus says that a very big chiddush. He says, He had a lot of people at his table. He had guests. He was the he was like the the king of Klal Yisrael. He was the nasi Sheb Yisrael. So if you're invited to the White House, even if the president is on a diet. But, or he's fasting that day, if there's a state dinner, you better believe that there's going to be everything that you could ever want to eat. Rabbeinu HaKadosh was fasting every day of his life. He hardly had anything. He had no, no gashmis at all. He was purely ruchni. He ate whatever he needed to get through, but the reason why he was able to say at the end of his life that I got no hana, even menetzvah because he didn't. Aye, but the Gemara says... And have I desire that like Pascal Mashokhan like Slain like Chazeres? That's for the people that were eating around the table. That was for the invited guests. But he himself abstained. He abstained from everything. He didn't have any hana from this world. That's how Tysus answers this question. If you look in the Mitzvah Susharim, uh, in Paragyud Gimel, he also deals with this with this seeming contradiction. He answers it pretty similarly to Tysus, a little bit different, Ayin Shem. But today I want to share with you a blockbuster Maramakim that I found when I was very young and I told a lot of people about it. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's half of a fella. I don't know if it's even known. I don't know if, if, if anyone knows it. It's like a secret. But it's in the Bir HaGra to Shulchan Aruch. The Gra has a commenta- commentary on Shulchan Aruch. If you take out any Shulchan Aruch, there's a, a commentary called the Bir Agra. And he wrote very kedarka. He wrote very tersely. He's like, he wasn't into writing long essays, the guy. He was basically just giving very short Maramakaimis, and you've got to do your research to figure out what he's talking about. So here's a prime example. There's a halacha in Shulchan Aruch that is also something very important. And I don't know if anyone realizes it's halacha in, it's not in Yeridei or Chaysha Mishpara Ebenezer that, you know, no man's land for many of us. But it's in Arachayim. It's, there's a Mishnah Burra actually on this, on this Simon Shulchan Aruch. If you want to look it up, it's Simon Reish Lamed Aleph. Okay, Reish Lamed Aleph in Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim. You can look it up yourself. And it seems like it's not even a, a it doesn't even belong in Shulchan Aruch. It's like it belongs in a, in a, in a Musr Sefer. What's the simon in title? There's every simon in Shulchan Aruch has a, has a title. The title is Shakal Kava Noisav Yiu L'Shem Shamayim. Everything that you do in life, everything should be L'Shem Shamayim, should have Hashem in mind that you're doing it for Him. And the Mechaber goes and describes that whatever you do, he says, everything that you derive pleasure from in this world, 
whether it's food, whether it's drink, whether it's playing sports, whether it's, uh, whether it's sleeping, whether it's going, uh, going for a walk, whether it's uh, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're taking a shower, you're taking a bath, you're going on a, on a trampoline, everything that you're doing in life that you think is a rishos, that has no shaykhs to, 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 to Hashem, has no shaykhs to mitzvahs, has no shaykhs to it's not a dvar mitzvah, I'm doing a rishos. Going on, I'm just going on a bike ride somewhere today. Is that a, that you feel guilty almost, like why, why, maybe I should be learning. So the Shulchan Aruch tells you a big, big insight in life, that you have to have kavana with whatever you do, chalk it up that it's L'Shem Shemayim. How could you chalk it up that it's L'Shem Shemayim? Taking a bike ride, what does that have to do with L'Shem Shemayim? Very passionate. If I'm making, a, if I'm taking a bike ride today, I'm getting fresh air in my lungs, so if I just do it, for the sake of a bike ride, exercise, so then it's just the regular, you're like everybody else riding their bike today. But if you have a kavana, like a flash of inspiration that I'm riding my bike because I want to be healthy, I want to be able to serve Hashem better, I want to be able to have a, a gishmaka mincha later when I come back from my bike ride, I'll feel refreshed, I'll feel good, and then my Shabbos will be good. You just change that of riding your bike into a mitzvah. becomes a gewaltige mitzvah because now you're doing it to serve Hashem. And he says that that's true with everything. He says you should not have kavanah for your own hanah. The Pasuk says in Mishle Paragimel, in all of your ways in life, in all of your paths, know him. It's possible to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything that you do. You're playing basketball, and you feel like this is not a Jew, this is not a, a mitzvah, this is something I, I enjoy playing ball. And that's good, you should enjoy playing ball. But if you play ball just for the sake of enjoyment, then it's a lost opportunity, because then it's a dvarishos. But if I have in mind when I'm playing ball that I'm not just playing ball, I'm playing ball for the Rabbeinu Shalom, because I want to I wanna feel good, I want to be healthy, I want to live a longer life, I want to I wanna be able to, you know, to, stay, to stay strong, to have stamina, then that becomes an Abaydas HaKadosh. You could have two people playing ball against each other, one-on-one on the basketball court, and one guy is getting a tremendous mitzvah and the other guy is getting nothing. All because of what? You didn't have to put on a gartel to play that basketball game. All you had to do was have a simple thought before the game or during the game or after the, what, just attach a thought to your, to, your, to your basketball game that I have Kavan L'Shem Shemayim and it's a different basketball game. You're getting a tremendous mitzvah. You're like a kind Gadol on Yom Kippurim when you're playing basketball. And the other guy's just a regular guy playing ball. All because you had a simple Kavan L'Shem Shemayim. It's the greatest trick that I think the Mechaber could ever teach us. It's a great trick to know. Whatever you do, you're about for lunch, you're going to have a slice of pizza. Good. So you're eating pizza, I'm eating pizza. I'm eating pizza just because I'm starving. You're eating pizza, you're also starving, but you also have this extra kavana of Simon Reish and Aleph that call kavanasa You're getting a tremendous mitzvah by eating this pizza. Now you're going to be able to learn better, to daven better, to have a better Shabbos, to be in a better mood, to be a better child, to call your parents, to wish them a good Shabbos because you're happy. They say when he was coming home, when he was being driven home after a day in yeshiva, so he would like take out like a little cookie from his pocket 
and make a bracha and eat it. And they asked him, you know, isn't the Rosh Hashiva going home for supper now? Like, what, why do you have to eat a cookie now? So he said, because before I eat supper, it's, there's maybe like an hour or two before my wife serves supper. And if I go home and I'm hungry, which I am, I'm going to be in a really, you know, I'm not going to be in a good mood. You know, we, when we're hungry, we're a little cranky. We're not, uh, you know, we're not in our best behavior. So I want to come home and be, and be nice to my wife. That kavana of doing it l'shem shamayim makes it a different eating of a cookie. It's not just eating cookie. You're having a kavana that you'll be a, you'll be a better husband. That's something that's also l'shem shamayim. But everything that happens in life, every hana that you have, and I don't care what it is, as long as it's obviously a kashara, you know, endeavor. You can't expect to do an avera and chalk that up l'shem shamayim. But if it's a, a good, healthy, good kashara avayda that you're doing, it's a rishos. But you can uplift it, you can elevate it to the degree of a, of a mitzvah. This is the Shulchan Aruch, Ayin Sham. Look inside, it's really Kedai. Not just saying look there because it sounds, it sounds good. I'm telling you to look there because it's a real halacha in Shulchan Aruch, just like any other halacha. Now, now that we've established this halacha, now let's learn a beer hagra together. An amazing beer hagra. You'll, you should be dancing when I tell you this beer hagra. Literally. The Biragra says like this, a few words. Ubazeh mituretz kushas taisis tavedizara yud aleph amad aleph divar amaschel tsenayin. That's the whole Biragra, very short Biragra. He says, and with this halacha and shulchan aruch, says the Vilna Gain, the greatest Gain that we have, is mituretz the kushas taisis. That kasha that I asked you before in Taisus, that stira in Rabbi Yudan Nasi against Rabbi Yudan Nasi, we seem to have two different versions of Rabbi Yudan Nasi. One, the Rabbi Yudan Nasi that had Snein and Chazeris on his table, Bimais Hagishamim, Bimais Hachama, around the year 24 7, 365, he had every delicacy that he could ever want. And it sounds from the Gemara that he ate it. He had the delicacies, he ate it, he didn't just serve it, he had it himself. That's the pshut, that's the Pashtun Pshat in the Gemara. And Tysus rightly asked from a Gemara in Ksuvis that seems to say that he had nothing in life. That he had zero in life. Everything was, he, he raised his hands and he said that a very strong steer that Tysus asked me between two of Yudanasis. And Tysus answered that it wasn't for him, he didn't eat a thing. He was mamish completely, he took, a, you know, he, he was on an on a intermittent fasting, but, you know, forever. He never had any food. He had just had the most basic just to get him through it. Like if Steinemann used to eat like nothing all day, he would like have like vitamins or something just to keep him going. He had zero, zero gashmias in his life. That was like what Rabbi Danasi did with his life. He also chose to have complete period from, uh, from, from Gashmir, from Ilam Hazah, to the degree that he was able to honestly say at the end of his life that I never got enough from Ilam Hazah, but the guy says, you don't have to say that. I have a different tarot now for Taisa Stira. Because with this Shulchan Aruch in mind, the whole question goes away. Because this Taisa is telling you an amazing insight in life that you're able to eat. You're able to drink. You can have anything that you want. You can have your sushi and you can have your, you know, your ribs and you can go to 
any restaurant you want and any pizza place that you want and order anything on the menu and not have a guilty conscience. You don't have to think, well, this is really you know, not appropriate because you know, it's too much Eilam Hazza, it's too much Gashmias. Because what the Shulchan Aruch is telling you here is that you can actually enjoy life. You can enjoy things. You're allowed to have Gashmias. You're allowed to eat well. You're allowed to drink well. You can have what your, what your palate desires. It's fine. It's good. As long as you have Kavanos L'Shem Shemaim, you just kashered everything. Everything becomes kashered. So Rabbi Yudah was able to have the Tznayim, and he was able to have the Chazeres, he was able to have these, these rare delicacies, even when no one else was able to get them, he got them on his table and he ate them. Huh, so how could he say at the end of his life, I never got Hana, how could he say that? The answer is he can say that, because he never got personal pleasure from it. It wasn't considered that he was doing it just for a gastronomical pleasure. That's why he was eating. He was eating fully l'shem shemayim. When he ate these delicacies, he wasn't thinking, boy, this really is, I'm so hungry, I always wanted to try this, I never tried it, he wasn't thinking that. He was thinking, it's good, but I'm, I'm, I'm harnessing, I'm channeling all of the pleasure that I have Towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Now I'm able to give Hakadosh Baruch Hu a learning after having a steak. Now I'm able to give Hakadosh Baruch Hu a learning after having sushi. Now I'm able to have give Hakadosh Baruch Hu a davening after having a chvesa, whatever lasagna, whatever you want, it's fine. But if you have kavanah l'shem shemayim, it's not. You didn't. Take it for yourself. It wasn't considered to be a hanah that you had personally. It was something that you offered to the Rabbeinu Shleilam on a Mizbeach. This is for you, HaKadosh Baruch I'm eating this for you. Now, it sounds funny, right? What does that mean? But this is what Shulchan Aruch is telling us. Shulchan Aruch is telling us that you can enjoy life. You can enjoy everything that you are able to, to have. Obviously, this is not to say that a person should be a glutton. It's not saying a person should live for this. It's not saying a person should like that be all consumed by, by Gashmias. Obviously, clearly, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. But whatever we are doing in terms of Gashmias, whatever we are eating and drinking and playing and doing, if we have the right Kavanus, we can mamish be a tzaddik with the Gashmias because our Kavanus is L'shem Shamayim. It's an amazing Yisai, this Biraj. I don't know if you understand... The, the ramifications of this biragra. It means that we can have really good lives and at the end of our lives be able to look back and say, I lived a holy life. What do you mean lived a holy life? But didn't you uh, do this? You played so much ball, you did exercise, you, you, you went here, you went there, restaurants and, and, and Pesach programs. And how, how, you didn't live a holy life. That's not a, Holy life is, is, is a different model. No, it's not. This is a model of a holy life that we can enjoy, Eilam Hazah, but then give it up to the Rabbi Nishlaim. So we get the we get the Hanaz Grena, meaning we're we're able we are enjoying the food. Rabbi Hanasi was enjoying it, but he wasn't enjoying it in a selfish, personal way. He was enjoying it for the Rabbi Nishlaim. You know, I think this is the Grolishitasa. This is the Vilnagain according to his own approach, because we know about the Vilnagain that the Vilnagain did not have an aesthetic, uh, aesthetic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He did not, like, 
like deny himself. Uh, you know what? He wasn't this model of just eating nothing all day. He ate regular. He had he had chicken and he had he had meat and he had wine and he had whatever he ate. He ate regularly. We know that. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Yibadol Chaim, doesn't he doesn't not eat. You know, Steinman Mamish did not eat. Reb Chaim Kanievsky has you, you know you go to his house. He's eating. He's he's fine. He's he's eating regularly. He has you know. Shabbos, I, I, I think I've read articles about what he eats on Shabbos. He's regular. He has food. He eats, nice, he eats very nicely. There's nothing wrong with what he eats. Is that a terrible thing? Chas v'shalom. He's being Kaddish. Every, every morsel of food becomes, becomes Kaddish. The story goes with Vilna Gain that there was a Dibuk. There was a, some sort of a, like a spirit that possessed a girl in a city near Vilna. And it's a long story. They wanted the Vilna Gain to come and, and try to get her out, get the Dibbuk out of this girl, because this girl was really, you know, like haunted by having a Dibbuk inside. He like sort of hijacked her whole body, and, and they needed the father, the, the mother wanted to get this Dibbuk out somehow, and they didn't know how. The Dibbuk, the, the, the Gain absolutely refused. He didn't want to go near any, any demons, any Tumma, any, so he basically said no. But they asked the Dibbuk, they asked the Dibbuk if we could get the Vilna Gain to come and say to get out of you, to get out of the girl's body, would you? He said, he said yes, we would. We, I, I would get out right away. If the Gain came, I would get out. So they asked him, they asked the Dibbuk, but I don't understand, what are you so scared of the Gain about? The Gain eats regularly. You're a malach, you're a, you're a spirit. He's, he eats. He eats steak and he eats uh, potatoes and he has uh, he has what? What are you afraid of? What are you what are you so scared of him for? You're from Shemayim. He's like they said. You don't understand. That's what we're scared of. We're scared of when he eats the meat because when he eats the meat, it mamish becomes like eating kachim. The Vilna Gain's kavanas when he was eating meat was so intensely holy that it was literally as if he was eating a carbon. And when he was drinking wine. The drinking of wine was mamish like drinking nesachim, like the like the libations that were poured on the mizbeach. That's mamish what the what the gains of it was an avaida. Chaim Kanievsky is not eating because he's hungry and he, he, that's not how he eats. He eats every morsel of food is is kaidesh. It's all kedusha v'tara. That's how that's how big people eat. When I was when I was a bacher, I used to eat. A lot of Shabbos is by Meresh Shiva by Rav Aaron Schechter, uh, who should live and be well. I just visited him last week, and I was reminiscing about those beautiful Shabbosas. He basically, there was no talking by the Shabbos meal. There's no schmoozing. He basically made Kiddush, and, uh, and then we went to wash, ate Hamaitzi, then everyone got him a Kreis Gedailis. He, we learned together Pasuk Chomesh with a Rashi, maybe Ramban, and uh, from the parsha, and then we put the away, <coughs> sang Zmiris together, the four, first course came out, and it was, and then after the first course, after the fish, then we had, we had more, more Zmiris and more Tyra, and then we put the Chumashim away, got the main, and then etc. We, we, we went like for hours on Friday night and Shabbos day, and then Shalosh so it was all Tyra, it was all Kedusha. He, didn't, you know, he wasn't eating, the Tyra is eating, well, you know, I'm a, this is really good coleslaw. He was eating like this is, it was Mamash Navaida. Everything that he ate was Shabbos. It was Kedusha Shabbos, Lukavit Shabbos Kaidesh. That's what 
a real Balaveda does. And it's so easy. It's not really that hard. It's not like we're asking, you know, we have to know Shas to do this. It's just a matter of, of a simple switch in the brain to have Kavan Lashem Shemaim. How hard is that? It's just a matter of remembering. We just have to remember. But like if we remember, and a lot of times it's like Yalav like we forget it, you know, but like, but, but if we could remember and if we could train ourselves that every single Friday night when we eat, it's covered Shabbos, okay, stop with the personal, you might be starving, that's okay, that's good. But your kavana, your initial kavana is l'kavet Shabbos Kaidesh, as you're putting that towel into your mouth or the fish into your mouth. The kavana l'shem shamayim is there. The whole meal is transformed from a regular meal into a davar shabbat This yisaita, the Vilna Gain, is one that I'm telling you, if you've got nothing else from the whole year in yeshiva here so, so far, besides for this one bir agra, this like 10-word bir agra in Shulchan Aruch, it was Kedai the whole year to come here. Because it blows open life. It shows how we could sanctify everything, and by doing so, we, we have a different existence. Our, our existence is a raised, elevated platform. It's not the same. The basketball that we're going to play from now on is not the same, and the football is not the same, and whatever we do... And you feel guilty, well, you know, maybe I should be learning. You know, obviously, again, this is not a replacement for learning, clearly. But when we're not learning, and we're, we're going back to the dorm to go to sleep, we want to take a nap. So if you take a nap just because you're tired, then you're just, you just wasted an hour of time, and maybe you got a little, uh, you know, a little fra- refresher. But if you, before you go to sleep, you have kavana that I'm doing this because I want to wake up and I want to, I want to learn a second seder. I want to, I want to daven a nice mincha. I want, to, I want to go to college so I can get a parnasa, you know, and that's why I need to sleep a little to be energized for that. With that simple kavana, you just, every second that you're sleeping is mamashadva, it's a mitzvah. And it's a great mitzvah, you know why? Because a mitzvah, you don't speak Lashon Hara when you sleep. It's an amazing thing. So you're sleeping, you're not speaking Lashon Hara, you're not speaking uh, Nivopeh, you're, uh, you're, not, you're not doing Sichas Chulan, it's just uh, you're, you're, you're in an elevated plane, it's a different plane, everything that you're doing is holy. I just want to just tie it, plug it into the Pasuk, a little Gishmak. Rivka was told you have Rabbi and Antoninus, and they're both going to be eating tremendous stuff. Nine Chazaris around the year. They're going to be gay, and they're, they're aristocrats. They're going to be so wealthy, these future descendants of yours. They're going to have all the delicacies that they could ever dream of. Rabbi from Yaakov, Antoninus from Esav. And then the Pasa continues, and two monarchies, they're going to be divided from a stomach. You know what that means? Rebbe and Antoninus were doing the same thing. They were eating the same diet. They both had snine. They both had chazeres. They had very similar. They ate together maybe. They were close friends. But their kavanas were divergent. Antoninus was eating, his belly was eating for his own Hanaz Kresa. He wanted to get pleasure in his stomach, he ate. Rabbeinu HaKadosh was eating L'Shem Shamayim. He was mamish breaking through heavens when he was eating. Ushnei 
The belly is going to define them. The stomach, the gastronomical pleasure, how you're channeling that defines the difference between a Yaakov and an Esav, between a Rebbe and an Antoninus. It all depends on your kavana. If you have a good kavana, you're Rebbe. If you don't have any kavana, you're Antoninus. Antoninus was a good guy, but he wasn't Rabbeinu HaKadosh. You could be regular in life, you could choose just to, to neutralize everything, and you know, you're not going to get punished for that. But wouldn't you want to like, like really hyper-intensify your Avedis Hashem, the schar that you're getting, the mitzvah that you're getting every second, just with a simple kavana? It's an amazing trick. It's an amazing... When I say a trick, it sounds like a you know, hocus-pocus. I don't mean that. I mean it's an amazing yisayim to be able to stay, stay with you the whole life that it should elevate something for you. Whatever you're doing in life, you know Hashem in every single aspect, everything. This is the difference between a Yaakov and an Esau. This is the Parsha to think about who we are as, as Klal Yisrael, what defines us. How do we differ ourselves from, from Esau? Esav and Yaakov, sometimes, you know, they're a little bit uh, closer than we think. I said in a Shmuz, in Avad this week, how, how I think the Kutzker used to say that Esav wasn't really what you think he was. You know, he wasn't like that hunter with the rifle and, the, you, know, uh, you know, going out. And he, he said he looked like a Hasidish Rebbe, Esav. He had a Strymel, he had Payas, he, he had a Bekesha. He looked quite from. So... But he was Esav. What defined him as Esav? The many things differ, make a difference, difference between a Yaakov and an Esav. And our life is try to, to try to establish ourselves firmly as a Yaakov. In a world of Esav, in a world of Gashmias, in a world of hedonism, to try to break away a little bit and to define ourselves as B'nai Yaakov. How do we do that? Well, look at what Esav did. Esav came home one day, he was hungry, and he said, feed me from this red stuff. He couldn't even describe that it was a lentil soup. He had to call it red stuff. He was so, and then Rashi says, open up my, I'm going to open up my mouth and pour it into me like a, like a camel. That's what he says. Halitani is like a lushan of like how you feed an animal. I'm going to open my mouth, just spill the whole cholent into my mouth. That's fine. That works for me. That's what Esav says. What does that mean? That means that Esav is the opposite of Yaakov. That's not how we're supposed to be. We could be hungry and we have good appetites. Baruch Hashem, that's a sign that we're healthy. It's good to have good appetite. shouldn't be somebody who has no appetite. It's good to have appetite. But it's important to channel that appetite, to be a ben adam. We're not animals. We don't stuff our face with food. We don't, we don't just do it because we're hungry and like make a big deal about the food itself. That's Esav. Esav says, okay, we got to just live in a world. I'm a foodie. You ever heard that expression? I'm a foodie. What does it mean I'm a foodie? It means like basically all I do all day is talk and eat and think about food. That's all I do. Food, food, food. Now... That's not what we're saying here. That's not what the Vilna Gain is saying. The Vilna Gain is saying that you can enjoy food, but don't make your life about food. 
make your life about the Rabbi Nishlam, and I can enjoy the food if I'm serving HaKadosh Baruch, HaKadosh Baruch gives me a mitzvah for enjoying the food. But don't ever dare say, you're not an animal. Yaakov Avinu of Ben Taira has to understand that, that I'm not looking at things for my own gastronomical pleasure. I'm not playing ball for my own pleasure. Everything that I do is defined by a Shulchan Aruch. By one simon in Shulchan Aruch, the simon that we learned today, Reish Lamed Aleph. Shukal kavanas l'shem shamayim, that whatever you do, whatever you do, if your kavanas l'shem shamayim, you get schar and tremendous schar. Rabbeinu HaKadosh. He was called Kaddish. He was full of Kedusha. You know why he was called Rabbeinu HaKadosh? There's a Gemara that says that he never put his hands below his waist. He didn't want to in any way, you know, be nichshol in, 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 in a very bad Avera. So he basically always walked around like this. He never, that's why they called him Rabbeinu HaKadosh. I was just telling some Talmidim this week that the stipler guy in followed in, this, in his footsteps. He never put his hands beneath his waist. And the story goes, I wasn't there, but this is how the story goes, that when he was Nifter the stipler, the Chavar Kaddisha put him on a table to prepare him for the Kvura, and they put his hands down. And then they were turning around to like get something, and when they came back, his hands were up over, over his waist. And it's not just because, you know, you know, maybe, you know, he never, you know, it was like a spring, you know, like he never, he never... He never had this down position, so that's not why. He was Kaddish. And when you're Kaddish, you're even able, it's not just your neshama that's Kaddish, but your guf becomes Kaddish. And if your guf becomes Kaddish, then even after your petir, your guf becomes Kaddish. The Vilna Gain, they, they, they reinterred him. They had to dig up his body about 100, 120 years. After he was nifter, the, the government was, wanted to build some, uh, I don't know, shopping center over, over that gravesite in Vilna, so they had to move his body. They were scared like crazy to, to, to open it. You, have to, you know, imagine opening the grave of the Vilna Gain. Anyway, but the people that were there, the eyewitnesses that were there said that they saw, this is 100, 120 years after he was nifter. You would expect to have nothing but a skeleton there. He said he was fully intact. The guy was fully intact. His entire body was perfect. And they said his cheeks were still rosy. They were rosy red, his cheeks, after a hundred years of lying in a grave. You know why? Because, not because he was a parish from, 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 from all Elam Haza, but because he engaged in Elam Haza, but he was Makadish Elam Haza. He uplifted it. He raised the bar of Eilam Hazah. He enjoyed Eilam Hazah, but he gave it all to the Rabbi Nishlam. His body became holy. Rabbi Yudan Nasi, he never put, his body was holy. Not from abstinence. Not because he didn't engage. He did. And that's what made his body holy. Because everything that he ate, every, every amino acid, every uh, building block in his body, every cell, everything that he had in his body was, spoke Kvayt Shemayim. This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I, I, I never ate anything. What's our body? Our body is, you take food, and the, bo- the body is able to take nutrients out of it, so I have skin from those nutrients. I have hair from those nutrients. I have, that's, what, that's what it is. So if you have regular food, and you know, like everybody else, so then your body is okay. But if your body is created through food that was kavanos l'shem shemayim, that means that every cell in your body is a holy, it's a teridika cell. Your, your body, your physical body, not your soul, your body becomes lifted, uplifted. 
This is a Yisai that I want to, to share with you, this Rosh Chaydesh Kislev. It's a Yisai for life. It's a Yisai that you mamish could live your whole life. You'll thank me. You know, if I, I'm telling you, it's, 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 this is a priceless biraga. It's a, it's a priceless simon and shulchan aruch. And it's something that, uh, it's, it's food for thought, literally. It's something that, uh, that could change our life. We could literally become great people without abstinence, without being a, a parish from Eilam Hazah. We can enjoy Eilam Hazah, just enjoy it by, enjoy it physically, but give that physicality up to the Rabbi Nishayim. And by doing so, we could mamish be mekadish our neshama, mekadish our guf, mekadish shemayim. Our Shabbos will be different because everything that we do on Shabbos will be uplifted, will be holy. When we eat tonight, if you look in the Ali Shur, he says every time you eat the first morsel on Shabbos, you say, look, Shabbos Kaidesh, and have that in mind. You have in mind Shabbos Kaidesh by your food, by your challah, by your cholin. It's, it's a different meal. It's a different world. You're not an Esav. You're not just like stuffing it down. You're eating L'shem Shemayim. You go to a Kiddush on Shabbos, you're not like stuffing your face with a Kiddush and like just, you know, like, like terrible. That's disgusting. That's not, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be eating properly, eating. I remember I was once by a Kiddush when I was uh, living in Brooklyn and I, I was by, uh, by my Rav and, you know, sometimes there wasn't a plate on the table. I was so hungry. So I took cake, and I just, like, instead of, I didn't have a cake, everyone, they, they ran out of plates. So I was just, like, holding it and eating it. And my Rob got so mad at me. He said, he says, Maisha, he says, it doesn't pass, you can't, you need a plate. You're not an animal. You don't eat like that. You don't eat like, you know, you ever see, like, by a kiddush, and you take a herring and this, and a stuffing, that's not, that's not, that's not, we have to be b'nai adam. We have to, we have to eat with a certain holiness, befitting our machshavas. Our machshavas have to be in, in sync with our, with our guf and with our, with our maizim. But with a mere flip of the switch in our brain of, of making everything you know, regular, it's fine. You want to do that, do that. But why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just think about the Rabbi Shalom with whatever you do? And when you do that, the schar is tremendous. The, the odometer keeps on going. The meter never stops. Because every second, every second of our life is another opportunity for Kveit Shemayim. Another opportunity to be able to raise the bar of, of, of our mitzvahs, of our Torah, of our Yer Shemayim. Mitzvah Hashem, we should all have a wonderful Shabbos. And uh, I wish you all the best. A good and chaydash.